I guess like the kind of again sort of standard public story that gets told about him is him tattooing people like Janis Joplin in particular so that that often gets sort of held up as a really kind of interesting pivotal moment and then he was in Rolling Stone magazine right in like 71 or there and thereabouts and I mean he's he's I, I guess may have the have the claim at least kind of one of or if not the first kind of celebrity tattoo artist of of that era right so with regards to his relationship you know to Janis Joplin you know at the time we'll say between 1960 and 1989 Lyle had his uber super famous 7th street shop right in San Francisco and you know because he looked the part you know he was just being himself you know he wasn't looking to get likes or follows on an Instagram page Lyle was being himself Lyle was a renaissance man Lyle was a super creative person. He was a very social person. And, you know, Janis Joplin then like came into his life through actually, you know, the the Rolling Stone article. Um, you know, he knew somebody that basically wrote for Rolling Stone magazine. And then um I'm trying to think of like the other details of that. He, you know, he was photographed by Annie Leibovitz, I guess, in like 1972, just after that. But, you know, with regards to the Janis Joplin thing, you know, she met him at some party or something. And there's a very famous- <laughs> Again, old San Francisco, you know? Oh, like- yeah. Yep. And, you know, um, she at the time did, this was probably like in the last year or so of her life, she did a super famous that you can find online. It's uh, an interview with Dick Cavett. And she talks about Lyle and getting tattooed by Lyle and meeting him and all these stars and God, you know, should see him and he's just gorgeous. And so, uh, you know, she went in and and got um, two tattoos by Lyle. And, you know, the Rolling Stone thing that sort of came again, this was like just a destined thing. I believe the writer of that article was Amy Hill. And um, she's still living up in Northern California somewhere. We actually tracked her down. Lyle and I about two years before he passed just to kind of, yeah. And that was sort of where that, you know, that was sort of the wave of the media. Right. And, um, you know, Rolling Stone at the time, I mean, he was like a rock star, you know, to be on the cover and, you know, he knew all these super famous musicians, you know, Freddie King, Albert King, the Allman brothers, you know, um, and then soon after the early, 70s, we'll say 71, 72, then he had the kind of success that he, you know, brought him down to have a a shop in Hollywood. And so then again, more kind of of this Hollywood vibe, always rooted in San Francisco and, you know, just being a country boy in Northern California. But yeah, um, you know, it it was very unheard of, I think, at the time for somebody to, um, that was certainly in the tattooing practice to be out there kind of sharing themselves. But, you know, he was like, he was happy to have the admiration and, and the attention and the accolades. And, but he was still very much a working tattoo artist, you know? Yeah, well, that's, that's what I wanted to say again, because obviously I only have this, you know, I, as I said to you um, uh, again over messaging, like I, I was, um, he was meant to be coming to England the week before he, the week after he, he ended up sadly passing away. Um, because he'd been for decades in contact with 
and had a quite intimate collection with tattooing in the UK. And it's really clear that as famous as he was and as kind of, you know, photogenic and as kind of glamorous as his you know, public persona was, he was a tattoo guy. Like he cared about tattooing in a very genuine way. Um, I want to move on in a second to talk about tattoo history because clearly, you know, he, he had a real deep abiding love for the history of the craft as much as its present and future. And yeah, like it, it's interesting that you say that about, about being a working tattooer because that is again the kind of things that I've heard from people that knew him over the years and seeing you know, where he pops up in the historical record of people that he knew and worked with. It's really clear that as you know, he could have probably sat in his shop in in Hollywood and tattooed all day every day and 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 never had to move a mile. But he was clearly interested in meeting other tattoo artists, in in corresponding, and collecting, and learning, and and that kind of attitude to life I find very inspiring. And and it's not something that. Um, I think, interestingly, it's in a lot of tattooers. I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before. It's in a lot of tattooers who make it to that age and still, even if they're not still working, care about tattooing. People that are still around the tattoo industry in their you know, 60s, 70s, 80s have all of them, that I know at least, have that attitude of like excitement and interest and, you know, they're they have their kind of grumpy moments and their kind of cynical days. But at the, underneath it all, there's this real genuine love for tattooing and not just tattooing. Tattooing is kind of place in the world. And from, from hearing you talk about Lyle, Daniel, that seems to be something that came across from him, even in those later years of his life when he wasn't tattooing every day. Yeah, I mean, he, he had basically professionally so stopped tattooing probably by around like 1992. But, you know, and that was sort of like, you know, the years in which tattooing was just, you know, kind of moving forward and becoming so much more of a popularized, um, you know, practice. And it was that much more socially acceptable, certainly by the 90s. And then, you know, you have like the convention circuits are starting. But Lyle, even, you know, through the 70s and 80s, you know, he had his artistic fulfillment in a lot of different areas, being, you know, a top tattoo machine builder, being a metal smith. Um, he was super handy. I mean, he would just build things like a year before he died. He was out in the backyard, like carving a stump out of the ground. And it was like 96 degrees out there. I mean, you know, he had this type of like, you know, I'll do it myself mentality. I'll go there myself. You know, he traveled back to Burt Grimm just for a minute. He traveled to Alaska and he was basically the first traveling tattoo artist in Alaska in 1957 before the United, before the, you know, before it was even a state, he was up in Alaska and, you know, he was the definition of Maverick and he also loved really, and he had a lot to do with, um, modernizing tattooing practices as far as sterilization. And, you know, he taught a lot of tattoo artists in seminars that he would hold, um, you know, and th that was how a lot of people that weren't tattoo artists actually came into tattooing, even, you know, as a sort of later in life career. I know a lot of characters that were like in their 30s, met Lyle, were interested in tattooing, and he just like turned them on to becoming tattoo machine builders and then tattoo artists. And, um, you know, even at the very end there, that was really a couple of heartbreaking weeks. I mean, um, finding out, you know, how sick Lyle was and having to cancel that trip to go to England because, you know, I, 
personally speaking, you know, Lyle introduced me in being so close with him and traveling with him. He introduced me to so many amazing characters. And, you know, um, I was really, we were both really disappointed that we, you know, we're obviously not going to be able to make that trip because he was, you know, he was in hospice care. It was a miracle to even get him home, you know, to, to pass in his childhood home. And, but, um, yeah. Totally. And I did, um, I did speak to some people, you know, in the years before that hap- were happening, who were like, I could, like, they, they, they'd met Lyle at a convention and he was still, you know, occasionally tattooing his signature on people fairly yeah. shakily handed by that point. But yeah. people were like, I can't believe that guy's still alive. <laughs> like, I know. Like he was, he was uh, by all accounts, this guy and, and, um, uh, my friend and uh, collaborator, occasionally Anna Freeman, and him went to Antarctica together, yeah. where he was the first tattooer to tattoo on every continent, including Antarctica. They yeah. tattooed in a he was Russian. So, he was so proud to say that, there. and you know, do that trip with her, and you know, I mean, he was already at the time. I guess he was like eighty-one or eighty-two years old, something yeah. like that. But, yeah. but 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 everyone was like, as you said earlier on, like he was still chatting away, and like this life of the party, center of attention, loud, opinionated, you oh, know, yeah. fun, irascible. Like that was the kind of storytelling about that I heard from him. Yeah, uh, about him, even even in that, you know, those those days when clearly he was getting older and more frail. Yeah. You, you know, you, it was funny. You asked me earlier, oh, well, well, were you tattooed? You know, I don't know how I made it through, you know, I'm born in 71 <laughs> and, you know, I, I can remember my sister getting her first tattoo and, you know, I was curious about it, but I always had a sort of fear factor about it too. Not that it was going to hurt, but I just thought, oh gosh, you know, like what is going to be a tattoo that's going to mean so much to me. And, you yeah. know, it's, it's coming now to me to, to share that Lyle gave me my first tattoo. And um, it's just a tiny little Libra sign. You can probably barely even see it there. But, um, you know, we were both Libras and that seemed to be like, you know, just a good kind of, uh, you know, I didn't know how I felt about having his signature, although so many people were so psyched to have his signature. Yeah. So I have, I have two. I think it's pretty, it's pretty different if you're like seeing him every day and living, like working closely with him to well, have a signature you know on than if you're just it, a It was funny, collector. you know, I, I was with my mom and my mom got her first tattoo and I got my first tattoo. Not hers wasn't by Lyle. Um, but you know, I, I sat there with Lyle and I thought, you know, God, I mean, if, if I was working with, uh, you know, a painter, you know, and the painter wanted to paint me or if, if I could have that kind of experience, like this is Lyle's practice. I didn't get the tattoo so much because it was going to be, oh, I have a, you know, a tattoo by the great Lyle Tuttle. It was just that I spent every day with Lyle for, you know, quite a lot of years there. And, you know, I thought, God, you know, what what's the matter with me? You know, like I didn't, I'm not a virgin. I have my ears pierced, you know, life changes, your body <laughs> changes, get the damn tattoo. And, uh, you know, the first uh, one's always the hardest one, Danielle. Well, you know what it was too. That was, it was such a beautiful day. And, you know, he tattooed me, my mom had her mermaid tattoo on her leg and the three of us, he took us over to this beautiful historical place, um, which, you know, he loved to visit called the, the cliff house, which was on the ocean, uh, in San Francisco. And, we talked about the history there of the Sutro baths and God, he could tell you everything about everything, but especially San Francisco history and God, it was a super memorable day. And then, um, I have Amazing. another tattoo he did when I did the 70th retrospective for him. And so I wear them very proudly. And I'll also tell you that, you know, he gave me my first tattoo and I gave him his last and that's, uh, wow. not, not anything that a lot of people know, but it's sort of, 
you know, um, it was a, it was really full circle thing for us. Thank you.